You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Paying attention, and what a blessing that that is. Keep your Bibles out here as we look into Luke chapter number 10. We find an event that takes place. The disciples have been called of the Lord, and we're not talking about the twelve. A lot of times when we talk about the disciples, we, uh, in our mind, think about the apostles, the 12 apostles. But here we find that there was, in these disciples, there were 70 that the Lord had sent out to preach and to teach. And uh, they gathered two by two, and they went out, and they're preaching and teaching in all the cities, and they're experiencing some great success. You know, sometimes when we do God's work, we can see the success. Other times we don't. But here in this case, we find that they go out, they're teaching, they're preaching, and they come back, they are excited. They are rejoicing. They come back, the Bible says, with joy uh, of what they have experienced. And as they, they go and they've preached and they've taught, uh, they're coming back to the Lord. And they're just wanting to share with the Lord all the great results of things that they have seen and, and what they have witnessed and what they got to be a part of. And they're coming back and, and as they are sharing the joy, we find the response of the Lord that's a little bit different. Here, the, the disciples, they look and said, even the devils were subject unto us. They were, they were just amazed that as they were doing the work of God, the spiritual battle, they were seeing the devil defeated. That's pretty awesome. You know what? God still does that today. He's still working in hearts today. And let me tell you, there's a spiritual battle that's going on right now. There are people who are sitting here that have got some very real needs in their life. And there is a devil that wants your life to be destroyed. And there's a God who wants your life to be salvaged. There is a spiritual warfare. There is a spiritual warfare for those who are here today that are not a child of God. And there is a warfare on whether or not you will choose Christ. Now, you've chosen to be in church today. But the Bible says, Many shall say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name done many wonderful works. But the response was, depart from me. I never knew you. You see, just because somebody comes to church does not mean that they are a child of God. Just because somebody does good things does not make them a child of God. Just because somebody does some spiritual things does not make them a child of God. And there is a warfare that is going on, and it is for the souls of men and women and boys and girls. And the devil does not want anybody to be saved. 
And here as these disciples went out, they came back rejoicing. And in this passage, we find three different joys, three different things uh, that they were, they could, we can rejoice about. And we're going to look at those this morning. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I pray that you would just work in these next few moments. Speak to hearts as only you can. And Lord, I do pray that uh, the devil would be defeated and that you would be honored and that decisions would be made. Uh, may the one that everybody thinks is saved, may uh, the one that's without you, uh, may today be the day that they put their faith in you. Maybe there's somebody that is just, uh, they have chosen to visit with us today. Uh, maybe uh, someone that uh, has been here many times before. Uh, Lord, if we're not saved, I pray today that we would get that settled in our lives. May the Spirit of God work, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. I want you to see several things that uh, are joys this morning, several things that uh, are a a way for us to be joyful about. I want you to see, first of all, the joy of serving. And for those of you who are saved, there is a joy in serving. There is a joy in serving. These disciples, they had just gone out and they were serving the Lord. And when they came back, they were, they were joyful. They were, they were enjoying the opportunity. And I know, I know serving God, it is tiring. Serving the Lord isn't always easy. But serving the Lord, there should be joy. There should be joy. These disciples, they're coming back and they had joy in their service. And you and I, we need to find joy in our serving the Lord. Uh, Let's look at it again real quickly. Look at verse number 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. So here there was joy. But I want you to see, even as they are coming back, they are recognizing that everything that was good that was accomplished was through the Lord. Child of God, as you serve the Lord, uh, any, anything that is accomplished, it is not you and it is not me and it is not a program. It is the Lord. It is him that is working. And they were, they were just honoring the Lord. In the victories, let's make sure that we give God the glory, not ourselves. Let's not take it upon ourselves. Here, these disciples, they were joyful over what was uh, said and done. And now as we are in this uh, Halloween time, And we look around here on uh, the 31st of October. Uh, Today's my sister's birthday. Uh, And I was talking to her a little bit earlier. We're two uh, two years and a day apart. And so uh, we always teased her. She was the witch of the family. Uh, She's the sweetest one in the family. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, we used to tease her. She was the witch of the family. Uh, But, but, uh, uh, you know, when we look at Halloween and the world celebrates evil, Celebrates evil. Celebrates death. Just stop and think about all the movies. Think about all the millions and billions of dollars that are, that are invested into evil. And I'm amazed at how many that profess to be a child of God get enjoyment and entertainment from such sinful things. Don't get quiet. I mean, here we, we recognize the, the destruction, murder, rape, 
injury on so many levels. And then somehow we want to watch it. And then we wonder why our children are desensitized to sin. The evil in this world. It's unbelievable. You see, the evil exists now just like it existed then. You see, here when these disciples were coming back, they were recognizing that the devils were subject to them. What were they recognizing? They were recognizing a spiritual battle. And they were seeing the spiritual warfare. They were seeing victory in the spiritual battle. And the spiritual battle is real, and it, it, it is uh, still relevant and real today. And, and there is a, there's a battle that is going on. And, and here, as we, we look at that, uh, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, he said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There's still a spiritual battle that is going on. Uh, there, are, there is a battle that is taking place between good, between good and evil, between God and Satan. Uh, and, and when we look at it and we see how the disciples are coming back, they are looking at the successes of their investment and their service, but the Lord's response was different. The Lord's response to this, uh, this joy that they had, uh, look at verse number 18 uh, of Luke chapter 10. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. You know what, the Lord, they, the disciples were looking at it and saying, this is great, we have power over Satan. And the Lord was like, I beheld Satan falling from heaven. Satan was an angel that was created to bring honor and glory to God. And in God's eyes, in the Lord's eye, he wasn't seeing this as a great victory. He was sensing the great battle that was going on. I think about... David and Absalom in the Bible. Here you had David who was the king. Absalom, his son, had, had grown bitter at his dad. And, and now uh, Absalom is trying to take the kingdom. David does not want to fight his son and he leaves the kingdom. Absalom comes in and overtakes. And then Absalom and his armies come and chase David. David charged his, his generals not to touch the lad, the Bible said. And here as time goes on and a battle is there and Joab kills Absalom. The report comes back and people are excited. Absalom's dead. The one that was attacking the, the king is dead. But there was no joy in David's heart. It was his son. You know, when we look at this spiritual battle, we have to recognize that God is a God who created and his heart is broken over Satan's choices even. 
the disciples were, were rejoicing because they were, uh, had power over Satan and over the devils. And, and, and that was a good thing. And the Lord had given them power over that. But when we see here, the Lord is, he is just, he has a bigger perspective. And then he says, he says to them uh, that, uh, uh, that they were not to, uh, to, to rejoice over that, but to rejoice because their name was written in heaven. Uh, Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12. The Bible says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And what do we find here? That in heaven there was division and dissension and disunity. And this battle uh, brought no joy to the Lord. Uh, he saw the spiritual warfare that was going on. And heaven and hell uh, are in the balances. And, and you and I need to recognize that, that uh, there is a battle that we are facing. Uh, John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to, uh, to kill. Uh, I'm sorry, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And he said, but I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You see, uh, there is a warfare in spiritual battle. There's a war. And with that war, there are some victories. And in serving the Lord, we should find joy. We should find joy in serving the Lord. But where is that joy found? Is it just in our personal successes? No, uh, the joy that we should find is first and foremost uh, the joy, uh, number two, of salvation. The joy of salvation. Uh, the Lord said in Luke uh, 10, 20, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And let me ask you this morning, is your name written down in heaven? Are you saved this morning? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you died, you'd go to heaven? You know what that should do to you as you stop and think about that and answering that question? If there is, if your name is written down in heaven and you are saved, uh, there should be joy that's there because of that. There ought to be joy. Uh, we, yeah, the Lord is saying, rejoice not that the devils are subject unto us, but rather rejoice because our names are written down in heaven. You see, uh, with, with that, if your name is written down in heaven, there was that spiritual warfare that took place, but there was victory in your life. Great victory. The devil wanted to steal and to kill and to destroy but the Lord came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. He came to offer that gift of salvation so we would not have to pay that debt of sin. His blood was shed so he could wash away our sin, the penalty of our sin. Now, unfortunately, we're still sinners, aren't we? If you are saved, you are not a sinless uh, individual. You are still a sinful individual. But our sin debt has been paid for. 
The Lord, when he died on the cross, he paid that sin debt for us so we wouldn't have to. You see, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Jesus Christ came to this earth to die on the cross, to pay that sin debt for us so we would not have to. And there's a battle that's going on for those who are going to receive him and for those who are going to reject him. And you say, well, pastor, I'm not going to reject Christ. To do nothing with Christ is to reject Christ. To do nothing with truth is to reject truth. And here we see that there was joy. There was a joy of service, but there was joy of salvation. And victory brings celebration. And, and the greatest celebration that we should celebrate is the celebration of salvation. Having our sin debt paid for. And in this world, there are many different re, uh, things that we can celebrate. We can celebrate accomplishments, and we can celebrate new life. We can celebrate uh, recovery and sobriety. We can celebrate uh, just uh, personal accomplishments, uh, but the greatest thing that we can celebrate is our salvation. As a child of God, we should celebrate our salvation, but we should also celebrate the salvations of others. When somebody comes to Christ, somebody is born again, we need to rejoice in that. John's, in John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. You see, just like there was that physical birth, of a person being born into this world, a child. It is a birth by water. Before, the, before that child comes, the water breaks. It is referencing the physical birth. But just like there is a physical birth, there has to be a spiritual birth. And the Lord is bringing this idea of salvation. He's bringing it into a relationship that we can grab a hold of. Moms and dads, those children were born into your family. And it was, it was, a, uh, it was a, a, a special day, that new life. And just like that, there has to be that new birth to where we are born into the family of God. I used to think that everyone was God's child. Some were better than others, but, you know, God created everybody. They must, everybody must be a child of God, but that's not true. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You see, to be a child of God, it is a choice that you make. The first birth, you did not have a choice in the matter. The second birth, the choice is completely up to you. It's a decision that you have to make. And you know, the Lord made it easy for us to accept him. 
uh, Mark chapter 10 and verse number 15. He said, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom uh, of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. What do we find? We find that even a child has the ability to trust Christ. It doesn't take great faith. You see, great faith, I mean, just... Just the faith that is a grain of mustard seed. The Bible says that we could, we could say to the mountain, uh, be cast into the sea. And we look at that as a great faith. But the faith of a child, that trust to receive Jesus Christ, that's all it takes to get saved. You see, there's joy in service, but there's joy in salvation. If you're saved this morning, you ought to have joy. And if you don't have joy as a child of God, there's something in that relationship that is not right. Amen. You see, joy, salvation brings joy. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, and, and this gift of salvation is offered to us. Romans 10 and verse 9 and 10, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. He said in Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. What joy comes from somebody putting their faith in Christ. So we see the joy of service. We see the joy of salvation. We see thirdly the joy of sovereignty. Uh, here, when we look at uh, the, uh, skip down to verse 23 and 24, and he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. You know, as a child of God, there is great peace there's great consolation in recognizing that God in his sovereignty has a plan and that his plan is being fulfilled. Amen. Here these disciples, he's telling them that you have been blessed. You have had the opportunity to see and to hear things that others did not you know, you and I here in 2021, soon to be 2022, we have been given so many opportunities. Here as Americans, we have the freedom to be able to walk into a church, turn on a radio, watch a podcast, open up a Bible. We have so many opportunities to learn the things of God. And there are people that would have loved to have the opportunities that we get to enjoy. God in his sovereignty has given us this opportunity. We're blessed. But if we do nothing with it, 
how sad it would be for us to walk away from the truth of God's Word, having heard a plan of how I could be saved, and then spending an eternity in a devil's hell. You see, we've been given so much. You see, God is a sovereign God. And not only, according to Romans, has he written it on the tables of our heart. You can go anywhere you want in the world, and people will be sacrificing, offering a sin sacrifice to God. You know why that is? Because God wrote it on the tables of man's heart that there is a God, that we have sinned against him, and that somebody has got to pay. There's a penalty that's owed. People will say, well, you know, God's, God's word is, was just written by man. I know. Pretty amazing book, isn't it? If man could have written the Bible, man wouldn't have written the Bible. But here God, over a period of 1,500 years and on three different continents and 40 different penmen, he put together his word without, with one focus, with one message of salvation, without any error. What an amazing book. Well, it was written by man. You can't trust it. So is that science book that you trust. So are those curriculum books that are there. So is that person on Facebook or on, on YouTube that you have never heard of before that is now an expert. And we take whatever they say. Let me tell you, there's somebody you can trust, and it's him. It's him. If you're here this morning, and you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that heaven would be your home, let me encourage you today. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Child of God, if you are saved, let me encourage you. You should be rejoicing because your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. Your names are written down in heaven, and this should bring joy into our life. But not only should we sense that, we should also sense that there's a sovereign plan of God for my life. He has something for me to do. There's purpose. There's purpose in the life that you have. I remember years ago, I'm done. As a teenager, before I got saved, I remember sitting in my room and my music would be playing and you couldn't see the walls. It was uh, rock posters all the way around the walls. And, and I remember laying on my bed and looking to the ceiling and I remember, I remember this, this thought over and over again. If my life is just somebody else's dream, I wish they'd wake up. You know why there was that, that thought that there was an emptiness in my soul. I had no idea why I was here. And no matter how much fun I tried to have, in the quiet space, even though noise was going, when nobody else was there, 
There was a void that I had in my life. And there's no one that can fill that void. There's not a person, there's not a friend, there's not any uh, passion that we could satisfy, no accomplishment that we can earn or have. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, there's a void that will never be filled until you trust Christ. You see, God made us in His image. He made us body, soul, and spirit. And until a person is saved, they have a body and a live, a live body and they have a soul, but there is a dead spirit. And that spirit is the part of us that communicates with God. The Bible says, and you hath he quickened. The word quickened, made alive again. You see, those that are saved, they are a whole person. Without salvation, without Christ, we cannot be a whole person. You see, this morning, do you know what we need to do? We need to rejoice. We need to rejoice in our service for the Lord. We need to rejoice in salvation. We need to rejoice in the sovereignty of God. But only the child of God can rejoice in all three of those. God, who is good to everybody, He's good to everybody, but only to his children will they have forgiveness of sin and have eternal life. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. Say, Pastor, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. If I died right now, I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. Pastor, as a testimony to the Lord, nobody's looking around and say, that's me. I have that confidence. I have that assurance. I can go back in my mind to a time, a place where I've accepted Christ and say, Pastor, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Uh, Just slip your hand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can put your hand down. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know. You don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you died, you'd go to heaven. You don't know that heaven is going to be your home. You're concerned about it. That sin, the consequences of that sin are still there. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure. Pray for me. Nobody's looking around. Say, Pastor, pray for me this morning. Just slip your hand up. I'm not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure that that I'm on my way to heaven. I'm concerned about it. Pray for me. Anyone like that this morning? Just slip your hand up. Slip your hand up. All right. With that, how about it, child of God? Are we rejoicing? Are we serving? Are Are we rejoicing in our salvation? Are we rejoicing in the sovereign plan of an almighty God on how I can serve him. Now, as a child of God, there's an expectation that we're going to live for him. If you're here this morning, let me just encourage you. Let's, Let's not just have salvation, let's live out 
our salvation. Father, you know the needs of each person here this morning. I pray the Spirit of God would just work in hearts for those who are, uh, may, may be unsaved, to those who are saved that need to follow you. I pray that you'd bless. Uh, help us, Lord, to uh, live for you in these days, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The instruments are going to play. If you're unsure of your salvation, let me encourage you to come. Maybe you're a child of God and, and you've not been following him. You don't have the joy. Maybe you come. Just bow a knee at an altar and talk to the Lord about that this morning. Maybe you're here, you're saved, and you've not followed the Lord in believer's baptism. Uh, maybe you feel like this is where God would have you join. Whatever decisions it is that we need to make, let's make them today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.